I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Happy hump day, tryhards. Hello, everybody. What day of the week is it in Italy? Could be any day. I have no idea at the moment. <laughs> have you learned the days of the week yet? It's a Wednesday, yeah? It's a Wednesday, <laughs> mamma mia. It's a hump day in Italy. Every day is a good day. Every it's day. a bad <laughs> What are we going to do about this? You're going to have to. You're going to have to learn some Italian. I do. I've learned some um, on the back of a slight altercation with Koya and another large dog. Um, checking out the new female talent from England <laughs> in the Czech Massimo. Um, non parlo italiano. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Because I, uh, which for those that aren't fluent like me, means I don't speak Italian. Um, and uh, what were you doing? Yeah, I mean, I tried, I tried English slowly and loudly yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, I actually ended up doing a few signals as well about Koya not really enjoying the, um, the Italian loving. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, also... To many people's frustration on my Instagram. Obviously, I I told people probably more so via the pod that I lived in the Highlands. Didn't really put loads on my Instagram. Just, I don't know why. Just thought people wouldn't find it interesting. But I've decided just to pop a little picture of Italy on every day. Maybe it's Poyer's Walk or something. But the picture of the pasta has created some um, emotion. Jordan from... Guinness said he might have to unfollow me. <laughs> oh, see, I this is what I, I've been asking you for the past like few weeks because obviously you went, came back, have gone back again. Please send me pictures every day. This is the only content I'm interested in. I want to know what you're <laughs> eating, and there are certain things in a month of Sundays I would not eat in the UK. So I don't like peppers. The pepper on top of Simone's carbonara last night. If I could have shoved my face through the screen of my phone and eaten it, I would have done artichokes not something I would touch in the UK no anywhere else in the world Italy hook them up to my veins I well oh god artichokes we so this place is approximately a three minute walk from our house and it's a 
something beginning with T, which basically means like local, kind of quite chilled Italian. Um, It was amazing. We had um, had a, 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 Simone calls it utter to choke. Um, We had to utter to choke. and it's basically deep fried, which oh, I wasn't God. wasn't too. I was like, oh God, I'm not sure about that. It was amazing. Fully deep. That's what it means when it's fried. Thanks. Um, oh God. Yeah. So for anyone else on the on the pod, any tryhards, if you'd like any content from Italy, let me know because I'll just be sprinkling it in every day. It's quite <laughs> funny though because when I after the game on Saturday I went for a couple of beers and I was in the toilets in the bar and as I went in Rachel Taylor Wales legend was coming out of a cubicle and she went meant to say to you earlier when are we going to see Nolly in Italy and I was like excuse me <laughs> like I've seen the pictures I'm ready to go I was like I don't I don't, don't know if you've been invited mate I'll come with you. I was like, right. (laughs) So I do think as much as you're going to have the haters like Jordan, there are people living for the Italian content. My favorite thing though, is that Lauren Jenkins, the um, reporter that people will know from uh, Premier Sports and S4C said to me, why is Nolly in Italy? I said, well, because Simone's got a job over there. That's funny. And I was like, Simone's Italian, Lauren. I worry that people think that Simone's just an English bloke called Simon who's put a bit of flair into his name but there hasn't necessarily been a connection to the fact that he hails from Italy and is fully yeah yeah um although I did say to him you know he absolutely loves the UK and it was the job that brought us over here um because in his mind I think he definitely wanted to stay but um, I have seen a totally different side to him over the last couple of days where he is consuming his body weight in focaccia and cold oh. meats. Um, and when we went for, I suggested going for food last night because I didn't really fancy what was in the fridge or that what we defrosted. <laughs> <laughs> when I know that there's amazing pasta down the road. Um, yeah, he uh, jumped at the chance. So luckily we have joined a gym and I that will be probably today's content because it is the most ridiculous position of a gym I've ever been in and I was on the cross trainer I can only say that I have to put a video of it up because I was on the cross trainer and I have never experienced anything like it so I will send a video keep your eyes peeled try hard because it actually had me lolling at times whilst I was training really oh my god I can't wait to see this um have you been to St Peter's Square on a Sunday yet because when I come that's what I'd like to do I'd like to go to like the Pope's Mass on a Sunday I'm not Catholic but I just would like to go and do that so if you could recce that for me Okay. Um, well, I talk about doing content from Italy all the time. I'm actually at home on Thursday, uh, and I'm not coming back until Sunday night, so I can't do it this week. And okay. then, pretty much every weekend for the next two months, I'm back in the UK. So for anyone worrying, gosh, Nolly's been working hard, and she's now going to be on a holiday for the rest of her lo- for the rest of the year. No, I'm not. I'm going to be doing a lot of travelling, but. Okay, um, we'll accept. I will be enjoying Lady of Leisure behaviours Monday to Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like because we have started on a Italian note, we should perhaps start with the Italy-England fixture from the weekend. Um, I'm not sure that I had any hopes that Italy were going to turn England over, but it has to perhaps be 
analyze as a pretty disappointing performance from your new home nation? Um, yeah, I'm going to follow up with uh, Manuela Furlan about my offer to coaching. <laughs> um, you know what? I was actually a bit gutted because I've given them the hype. We've given them the hype. I think everyone on the back of the France performance was really looking forward to them tearing into England a bit and they just didn't. And, you know, I think you've got to credit England's um, ability to just be relentless and pretty ruthless, actually, in all facets of the game. I think everybody just did their job really, really well um, and did the basics. I think there were some exceptions. I think, you know, Mo coming back in was was great to see. Um, got player of the match, obviously, with a cheeky little offload to burn, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, yeah, I think set piece was solid. Um, Lydia um, took her hat-trick incredibly. But I think she's she's a player that, unfortunately has had a lot of injuries so it hasn't it's kind of it stalled her yeah like her consistency with England not because she isn't world class but just because she's she's had those injuries but every time she goes back on the field she is absolutely ridiculous when it comes to finishing so she was class it was good to see McKenna back she's had stints with injury obviously Fleto ultimate tryhard um our favorite with injuries and she came off the bench and did a brilliant job and also I think probably there's one player that um obviously I coach at Hartbury but um the <laughs> I had zero effect on because um she was world class from about five years old I think um I was Alex is Alex Matthews she she really does go under the radar for for the work that she does and yeah. I think anyone that's ever been a teammate just absolutely loves seeing her name in that back row um and she was outstanding um for England I, th I think she plays yeah, like Harry's... she's off the pitch though doesn't she she's such a quiet and unassuming person and almost yeah, but then she absolutely slams people mate like I she know, just but like, runs you just so hard it because she's just <laughs> a little under the radar workhorse oh she's she's awesome and she had a brilliant game probably the best I've seen her in England shirt for a little while she's transitioned back from sevens I think got into a groove um yeah and and she was brilliant so did I it think... feel like a performance by lots of individuals considering we know that Summer Middleton is trying different combinations different things with this team at the moment with a view to nailing it down for the last two rounds did it feel like lots of individual performances but not necessarily an England team performance against no, the side no, I actually think it was a team performance and just players did their job in their positions, which I think the one thing that you get with England is that you players are outstanding, but often you you can just do your job because you're around such world-class players. And that's why sometimes I always wonder how players from other nations would fit within the England team because they wouldn't have to overwork. They wouldn't have to do other people's jobs around them. They could actually just focus on what they're world-class at. Um, you know, someone someone like Alicia Butchers, for instance, it'd be really interesting seeing her um, with a pack that dominant, just because, you know, you think how she carves up for Wales, like imagine her, and like lots of teams, you know, yeah. lots of players. Um, but yeah, I think it was interesting seeing Zoe Harrison come back in again in the 10 shirt I think she 
probably was more settled in organising England. Was that because it was a second game or was that because of how she plays the game and Helena stepping out into that 12 shirt? I'm not sure, but that combination worked really nicely. How much of a uh, headache is that for Simon Middleton that he's got those two who arguably either of them could walk into the starting 10 jersey for any other nation? Well, I don't think it's a headache at all. I think it's pretty, um, pretty useful going into a World Cup, to be honest, because they're very different players. I think we've also got to remember that you've got Amber Reid waiting in the wings. You know, she came yeah. off the bench last week. Um, and again, is a very different player. Yeah, very different player at 12, can cover 10. She has been in brilliant form for Bristol Bears. Um, probably one of the reasons why they've got some, uh, well, in particular, one of the wins, I think it was, was it Quinns this year, Quinns away? Or was that last year? I can't even remember, but the... The, her distribution, her ability to bring the outside backs into the fold is unbelievable at Bristol, which, because you've got the likes of Jazz Joyce there getting a lot of ball, you can imagine with England's back three opening that up. So again, you've got her competing with Helena, which is who is very different to Holly Aitchison again, you know, like there's, there's creating depth. And I think the one shirt that has always been a little bit of a concern was that 13 shirt. For me, it was fullback. You know, I, I dominated in that 15 shirt a lot yeah. you know McKenna stepped in and then we've got Ellie Kildun coming in in that 15 role um but it's who it's who covers that 13 shirt when Skaz isn't there yeah, and I think Holly Aitchison has stepped into there really well but has she been properly challenged in 13 yet ish but um, but that's, I think it's that's a twofold thing for, for Middleton this year, not just because he, you know, with all due respect, he had his fingers burnt in the World Cup final last time round because of your HIA and not being able to be involved and then having to have somebody covering that position who'd had little time there. But also because, and I know we talked about it last week and we talked about it the week before, but this extra level of matches in this year's Women's World Cup changes things hugely because once upon a time, because there wasn't a quarterfinal round, lots of players would play a huge amount of rugby through to that final. But this year, you're going to have to rotate squads more and players are going to have to sit games out fully, not just come off the bench for the last 20, but be completely unavailable in certain fixtures. Yeah, and, and I think that that's where England are going to probably thrive over some of the other teams. You know, someone like Sarah McKenna is a brilliant rugby player um, and her playing on the wing is a really useful one for her because it means from a selection perspective. And, and actually through my career, um, you know, obviously probably a lot of people knew me as a fullback. Obviously I played the last season on the wing with Els coming in at 15 yeah. as that kind of integration model, you know, as a young player. But... I also I started my career as a nine and, and so I was always quite often in a World Cup squad the third choice nine in fact in 2010 I came off the bench as a scrum half I'd played for like a good couple of years at nine but Streety wanted me to cover there because Katie had picked up a knock I think and Latoya who was the second choice nine started at 10 um, against Kazakhstan mm. um, and so yeah so then and so that ability to play in other positions is really useful. And I know the scrum half one is a really interesting one because they did only want to take two scrum halves with the ability potentially for a third, but not because with one of them being able to cover on the yeah. wing and where Claudia yeah, McDonald... That's why you and Shane Williams get on so well, because he would have fulfilled that role a lot for Wales. He would have been, you know, back three player who was the scrum half cover at World Cups. 
maybe is that's it? where your yeah your aligned kinship is um just because we're both really little um and, and terrible on the beers um there is an <laughs> elephant in, there's an elephant in the room um that we haven't discussed and I feel and I God, forgive me. Uh, I know that she listens. I know her mum listens as well. And I'm not referring to the great Sarah Byrne as an elephant. But just <laughs> I am when I see her do things like she did on Sunday, uh, when she is, you know, running in, you know, a length of the pitch, I'm going to give it by this point. It's going to have that kind of legend status. She's putting that straight on her player highlights reel and she's handing off players for fun. I wonder how much in that world class forwards mind is that moment that she was sat in an office at Hartbury College opposite you dashing her dreams of being a seven superstar and, <laughs> and when she does things like that she is thinking to herself see Nolly I could have done it I could have played sevens um I still remember that conversation when she got quite upset about not being a set you know what though Berna is just ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. I saw a dad in the crowd. I don't know whether Vicky was over there. I presume she was. That's a cheeky trip to Parma. Always in my Twitter notifications. Um, yeah, oh, I was absolute worldy. You know what? Actually, the try was great and yeah, brilliant. I actually loved the try even more when I saw what the rugby guy did on his Instagram. How <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, good. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's the best. I think it's some of his best content. And it's just, I just want to know which interview she's saying that from yeah. because he's yeah. super, like, I think he's brilliant and he is the person. I have been pushing it behind the scenes, but he is the person that we need to be getting involved in women's rugby more because his humor is, it just tickles me way too much, I think. Yeah. I am. Um... <laughs> Actually, talking about humor, um, there's a, uh, I'm currently looking at, across the screen at um, my uh, fellow tryhard with huge hair. I mean, I, in I fact, went I'm going to screenshot because she, I mean, there is massive volume going, um, I'm going to tweet that. Um, <clears throat> but have you seen James Haskell's Instagram this morning? Well, yeah, I mean, one of the most iconic programmes from my childhood, which now I'm only ever going to associate James Haskell with. So funny. So what is the name of that show? Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. So classic. he's put up a picture of him and Chloe with a family and he's basically written what happens when you try and take a nice photograph with a family, That's lovely right. family. And then he's put the picture of Harry. The big, so massive, hairy bloke. Um, and it is honestly, I found it so funny. I'm, well, it's still making me laugh. Have you seen, so have you seen, like, his um, Instagram has been on fire this week. So obviously him and Chloe have gone on, like, a bit of a baby moon. And he, the Daily Mail, did, like, a big article about how horrible a uh, husband he is because he put a picture up of Chloe, like scuba diving or like snorkeling. And obviously Chloe is now what, six months pregnant. And he put a caption about like seeing a whale under the water or something like that. And the Daily Mail did like a full piece about how horrible he was and all this kind of thing. And I just think Chloe was attracted to Hask's awful sense of humor. So they've gone pretty far wide of the mark with that one. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they haven't seen it. They probably could have looked at other content. For yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's a lot more stinking chat from that boy. Um, shall we move on um, from, I'll be honest, it was comedic for me on Saturday because I had, uh, in my kind of post-match analysis with Wales the week before in Dublin, had talked about them not leading until 73 minutes into the game. But this week they got to 75 minutes without going ahead <laughs> on the scoreboard. And I mean, the the old adage is stealing victory from the jaws of defeat. And that is absolutely what happened at Cardiff Arms Park in front of 4,875 people on Saturday. Right, Stato. Oh, sorry. Um, before we talk about the game, yeah, I'd like to bring up a certain little... Uh, well, video that someone cameoed in. Um, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Considering you wrote that, produced it, and now acted in it as well, you were front and centre to one hell of a piece of content that the BBC flashed out um, to millions, squillions. Um, mate, I actually am really proud of you because it's really funny. <laughs> I'm very clever I really loved it and um yeah what was your you favorite bit what was your favorite bit when you said I'll get my jacquet because for those little noises of us that know about rugby jacquet is the French fullback who's actually a hell of a player yeah um but I yes well done that would be great favorite. content great Thanks. content I'm here for that it's quite funny because um it obviously has gone down really well and lots of people in women's rugby circles have really enjoyed it. And it's a great opportunity for women's rugby to take front and centre during this championship on Front Channel BBC. Cards on the table, I wrote the script in the office in the 40 minutes preceding leaving the office to film it. We decided we'd do it on River Walk. Initially, we were going to do it around Cardiff. It's shot on the kind of walkway that goes alongside the Arms Park and the Principality Stadium. <laughs> The graffiti artists just happened to be there. They're not paid actors. They were just there. So graffiti. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, literally just happened so to be there. So it was an there. actual graffiti can that you were shaking then. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's my worst bit. That's the bit that makes me cringe to my very core. Honestly, when I watch it back, all I can think about is the the cheesiness of that bit. So yeah, it was it was fun. And do you know what? I have to kind of park my own um cringe at the door because everyone seems to have really enjoyed it and actually um, we're showing off women's rugby that's the way to do it you know what they are I just think the vibe of it even like your outfit your crazy pink-hearted jumper um and um the oh, colors and just the vibe I mean it 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 was like a similar but different because obviously you don't have a London accent and you're not rapping but um the to the England rugby content that went out week one I think that was absolutely you know, it was class, it was totally, but it was very cleverly done, um, just like yours. And I think it just had a totally different vibe that you would never see on England rugby content. You'd never see on BBC, like, do you know what I mean? Around the men's Six Nations. Yeah. And yet it's women's Six Nations has taken it to a different level. I think there were certain elements of the production around the games that I think probably needs to change. I feel like it's a bit too classic. Yeah. Uh, rugby six nations content and maybe that is what no, people one need thing, as a bridge to one get thing it. I felt that we did really well with the Wales Scotland game and this is something that 
um, viewers who watch um, S4C, the Welsh language coverage of the Six Nations, will see happen a lot, but it doesn't tend to happen on the BBC or ITV's coverage, is that at full time, Fionn Lewis joined the studio panel. So she went up and talked through her try and talked through the win in the studio with Katrin Helev and Heather Lockhart and Rachel Taylor. And it's things like that, you know, Fionn was tangibly so excited about what they just pulled off. She'd scored the winning try. And actually, normally we might hear from her Tuesday, Wednesday of, of the following week or in the build up to the next weekend. But you wanted to hear from her there and then. And I just thought it was really good. And I, and I thought that the coverage across the weekend was epic and it was amazing to see, you know, both on Saturday and Sunday. I know that Lee Jarvis had to put a tweet out and say that there just aren't enough opportunities for men, um, which I, ooh, what a what a hot take that one. I, yeah, it's interesting because I saw I, I saw that and OK, maybe he's got a point. I get an opportunity to work in the men's game. Why are we not seeing men to get an opportunity? But then one of his comments, I think it was in reply to Sonia McLaughlin about how men should get the chance to use it as basically as a stepping stone to get into the men's game. I thought was like incredibly disrespectful for the women's. And Sonia's reply was really good because she talked about how actually it's about having the best of the best and you should that's yeah. really disrespectful for the women's game and I think quite often people look at it like that whether it's through the coaching route whether it's through um the off-field support so S&C nutrition um and or and through the media and look I don't think us any of us are under any illusion that there is an opportunity because you can get to the top of the women's game quicker than obviously you can get to the men's. And there are, have been a number of coaches or people that have gone through our systems and then gone into different roles. You know, for instance, at Harlequins Women, Gerard Mullins, the head coach, has now left his role there and he's gone to academy role with the women. So uh, with the boys, sorry. So there is that transition and movement, but it is going to have to get to a point where it isn't a springboard or a stepping stepping platform. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think to, to say that it is that um, with the media, I also think is disrespectful for the people that are working in it because everyone is at the top of their game and worked incredibly hard. And the BBC have specifically used people that are experienced and that are able to deliver right at the top and rightly so. I could do a full podcast on this, but there's just a couple of things that I quickly want to say on this. And I actually think that, you know, lots of people had their say and I absolutely applaud Sonia for what she said. But I'm one of few people who are uniquely positioned to comment on this in a greater way in that on Saturday, it was great for me to be pitch side on that game. Um, and I have been lucky enough to be pitch side on a number of women's internationals over the years for world feed when they haven't been televised so they have been put out on world feed and they've been put online lee jarvis needs to take a step back and think about the opportunities that are available how many women's games are actually televised annually compared to men's and if you look at the i saw somebody tweet a, a pie chart essentially statistics of where women have been involved and where men have been involved in the crossover between the six nations and the women's six nations so far, after two rounds, there's still been more there's still been more male involvement in the women's Six Nations than there has women's in the men's. I'm a passionate supporter of the women's game. I have pushed 
Wales women in my role at Scrum 5 since I started working with them four or five years ago, I have tried to bring as much cover as, coverage as possible. But fundamentally, the women's game continues to be my passion project and not pay my wages. And Lee Jarvis can talk all of he wants about all of this. But this weekend, I won't be working on the women's game because the men's game is where I have earned my money, earned my stripes. So he's just talking out of his backside to say that men deserve the opportunity on the women's game. What opportunity? What opportunity? This is the first year that this tournament, this championship has been televised in this manner across the BBC. And all of a sudden we have to make space for men. It was also the tone that he said that up and coming hmm. men who haven't been right at the top of the game get the opportunity to um, to to earn their Lynn. stripes the women's game I just I just don't like that vibe and also at all I just think it's <laughs> and and when you look at the amount I mean probably the person that hasn't done much as a woman involved in the England game in particular um would have been Katie Daly McLean on commentary but she's a World Cup winning captain and um she's a director of rugby she's a level three coach <laughs> I mean I feel like she's earned that um, yeah, and, and you know, and there are loads of comparables to her in terms of men who have walked into doing Six Nations matches at the highest level. You know, fundamentally, it is, a, it is exactly the same. It's a mirror image of the men's game in that sense of what we saw on the weekend. And actually, if we look at ITV's coverage of the last weekend of the Six Nations and France's Grand Slam match, it was all men. It was all men. And, and interestingly, I just actually thought that if you look at the women that have broken through into the men's game, for instance, you know, Maggie, World Cup winner, should have been World Player of the Year for years and years. Um, so she's one of the best in the world at what she did. You know, I my CV um, is pretty, pretty OK. With getting, and so actually, when Lee is saying people that don't have the playing credentials can't break into the men's, the women that are breaking into the men's have got some of the best CVs in mm. the world. So it's like you have to be as a female have played right, 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 right at the top have won everything or done everything to get that opportunity. So what he's saying also doesn't make sense from that point of view. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, 
anyway, let's move on from Lee. He's had lots of airtime. Should we talk um, about the actual game? And um, I would like to say a big shout out to one of our listeners, um, a Joanne Cunningham, who listened to the pod last week and took note of Nolly saying that she'd like to see Kira Bevan kicking more because, boy, did we see Kira Bevan kicking more on Saturday. Yeah, box kicking and goal kicking. So, I mean, they went to the extreme, didn't they? Um, and I just think it changed the dynamic for Wales. I think, you know, were they the best box kicks in terms of getting pressure on? Like, to be fair, the backfield for Scotland covered them really well. They caught the majority of them on the four, was able to counter-attack. But it just, it had a totally different dynamic when you're not putting a massive amount of pressure onto the 10 snowy to pass back 10 meters to then try and clear um who hasn't got like one of the big booming boots she's got a very like tactical kicking game like a really good kicking game but not that massive slam that you see from someone like Skaz or, or amber reed i think um yeah i think in general you know wales it was interesting with wales because the amount of penalties that they gave away was that because it was was it the pressure of being in that environment and not thinking and not being like really focused and having a couple of percent of their brain on the fact that they're playing at home and they're playing in front yeah. of this crowd or whatever because some of them were really silly errors yeah um and actually at halftime the talk was probably you know you've got to you've got to focus on yeah. the basic um i think in terms of just general play um when they when they ripped into Scotland and just ran hard, looked after the ball, did the basics, which they did the week before against Ireland that got them the win, I thought they looked they looked really solid. They looked like a really good team. Um, can that do much damage against England? I don't know. Um, but if they if they give away that many penalties that early on against England, they will be punished and there'll be 30, 40 points on the board at the click of Very fingers. Good. Yeah. Um, one thing, Seanad Harris obviously came off the bench. Again, the super sub on paper, she has to start next Saturday against England. Yeah, Alex, for me, I think you have to start someone like her, not just because of her impact from the bench, but more so um, because of her physicality that she brings. And that's what you have to, you know, you have to meet fire with fire with England. I think the one thing about Seanette as well is she's super passionate. She plays alongside some of those girls at Worcester, but she also plays against them regularly now. Um, and so the intimidation and the, the passion that she'll bring, if she gets someone puts in a big shot, you know she'll be cheering, you know she'll be yeah. ripping into the girls, the Welsh girls and getting them all psyched up. I think the only problem with someone like her is that you saw the impact that she has off the bench and how she raises it at, you know, I think it's probably earlier than potentially Owen wanted with it. It was Natalia John that got a nose yeah. smashed, I think. So she came on at about 40-ish minutes. So um the risk is, is you don't, you start someone like that, but then you don't have the impact off the bench potentially with someone as physical as that. But that said, that's where England are so dominant. They have, you know, they have the likes of Sarah Pan coming off the bench, Sarah Hunter, Vicky Fleet, but do you know what I mean? It, yeah. You can't, Wales can't match that. And so I would go hard at the start of the game and be proud and just take it to England. So I would, I'd definitely start. And I know you're a huge Alicia Butchers fan. Do you think in a game like England here, swapping sides and being 
in that seven jersey, perhaps they'll get more from her there as well. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it means she gets a bit more freedom. She can see her pace. She can get you can get her out. You've got the dog work happening. Um, I think the one thing about England is their ability to transfer the ball super super quickly from across the back line. Um, Wales need to be careful not to, I think, try and cover the width. Um, yeah. because then England will just run through them. I think you, it's it's kind of, we'll maybe talk about it with France, when you've got an all-court game, you've got to hedge your bets and you've got to go with where you're strong enough. And I remember years ago, we played at Cardiff Farms Park. It was when England were in our, we were in our blue kit and Wales decided to change their defensive policies. So they went, interestingly, went four up. So went a flat four across the back line, which means the winger is up. Yeah. And they'd previously done a three and a one. So you, the winger drops back. So the corner of the defense is at 13, which for us was an apps with me as a fullback was an absolute dream because Skaz would hold the 13. She'd be basically a two on one. And then it's a two on one with the winger or I just dummied and went myself. Um, yeah. didn't like nothing. Um, so yeah, so that was a dream. So Wales went four up, but then the problem is they didn't buy into it. Yeah. So as soon as you do that, if you don't buy into it and you start backing off, it is literally a field day for outside backs and the girls will just run ragged. If you get whatever they go for, and I think against Scotland, their defence in particular was really good. Their spacings was really good. They got the width. They didn't touch the breakdown. Um, they just stayed out of it pretty yeah. much most of the time. Um, I thought was really solid and made it made it difficult for, for Scotland to attack. But you, whatever you do, you have to buy into against England and just go with it and understand that they might score in a different way, but at least you're making them make the decision to find yeah. somewhere else. Uh, we have to have a word on that game on Lana Skeldon, 50th cap and an absolutely incredible performance from the human tomato because she was so sunburnt, so sunburnt. Was it sunburnt from Scotland or sunburnt from Team Run? I think it was both. I think basically it had been really hot at damn health. Um, and then they'd come down to Cardiff and it was an absolute blazer on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And she had just been um, baking in it. Whether she'd been hitting up the sunbed shops of Cardiff as well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever really seen. And even Brian Easton felt the need to tell me before the game. I think it was almost like a kind of warning of just so you know, if you are by the dugouts when they run out, put your sunglasses on. <laughs> glowing, glowing. And, you know, she, if you're going to look like that in a match, you've got to play well because otherwise you are just going to well, like bright face, bright yeah. face, bright boots, great game. I think, you know what? Massive shout out to Lana. Great game. She's, her set piece has been phenomenal. I love a, I clearly love a hooker in a line out um, at the moment, but um, it just makes a massive difference. And I think as an outside back, if you can get decent line out ball, especially if you can hit back ball and if you're going to go off the top, it means that you can actually get the width in and it's a great time to attack. But I think round the pitch, she was brilliant. And But actually, for me, the biggest thing for Lana was her interview on the Nick and Mo show. Um, she was, if you haven't watched it, watch it back because it was the quote of the week it was probably one of my favorite favorite ever lines was i celebrated so hard i nearly pissed out um for those that didn't understand that because obviously i'm very good at scottish accent i celebrated so hard i nearly passed out which i thought was class um yeah she's brilliant and i tweeted it and i think 
Annie, her mum, gave it a little retweet. So Annie, shout out to you um, and your try hard daughter. Um, I absolutely love um, women's rugby parents Twitter. Like they're all there. They're all there. My mum's got all. Yeah, I can always depend on Suba, um, Vicky Byrne, Rich Bevan. Like they're always up in the notifications for me. Rich. A mum's called Rich. That's interesting. Who <laughs> is that? Rich Bevan. And then Liz Bev is always in my Insta likes. So thanks. Um, Shout out to the parents. Um, um, just whilst I wanted to talk about hookers, actually, I wanted to acknowledge Kelsey Jones, who I think the Welsh hooker has got possibly one of the best smiles um, I've ever seen when she got the turnover scrum, her first scrum. Who knew that winning a scrum was so good, but her smile was absolutely awesome. But also... Very good eyelash game. I mean, I'm not one for fake eyelashes. I've never had them. In fact, I put them on and I felt like a camel. So they came straight off, but um, not to play rugby. But yeah, she, she came, she's come on and she's clearly worked incredibly hard on her throwing and around the park and stuff. And it's just brilliant. It was brilliant to see. Um, and at the moment, that's making a massive difference to Wales, having that consistency of 80 minutes across the board because they, you know, you can, it's all well and good having Harris Phillips start and nailing, nailing those lineouts. You've got to try as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But to have your replacement hooker come on and do exactly the same, I think, you know, it didn't all go perfectly, but yeah, good, good, good solid game and solid eyelash game as well. I love that um, the Wales hookers party pieces at the moment is backball at the lineout. I love that they're like, oh, look what we can do now and we're going to keep doing it. I just want to give a shout out to Shuan because showing she showed all of her captaincy but more so rugby complete Nors knowledge in that Wales had gone after the Scottish scrum they'd got a penalty they got another penalty and they got a warning and um, I think at one point Sean Ed from eight decided that she wanted to maybe go quickly and and she went and said, no, we're going. Um, and they went again and they got the yellow card for the prop. So like that. And then instead of people would have gone, wow, the scrum's super on top. Like they, why would you not go? Well, if you go for a scrum, when there's a bench a bench prop coming on, you get another big girl coming on and it doesn't, and that prop might make a difference because it was the one prop that was making them lose the scrum. Instead, they went for the line out, catch and drive and the try. And it was such a massive moment to to nail the the set piece and to get that try and I just think it's brilliant and it's those types of tactical things that I think for Scotland tactically there were there were some things that although they they looked hard they ran well you know on penalty advantage kicking it crossfield straight away when you've got players like Jay Conkle earn the right to go wide and that is passing it or kicking it I think their attack at times was quite lateral so like although Scotland created some amazing opportunities it's tactically now how can their 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 ball players manage moments and get them the points and whatever that is um they didn't keep the scoreboard ticking over they went for a catch and drive line up that's fine if that's what they want to do but it's risk rewards and sometimes you do need pressure doesn't necessarily come with seven points it, it paid off right at the start they got the seven points but oh five five points and no seven um but also pressure creates different things for teams and if Wales had seen the scoreboard ticking over they would have started chasing the game way too early 
you know you silence the crowd a little bit all of those things so it's it's interesting but that Scottish team are clearly learning and evolving and you know the interview that you did with um with Rachel Malcolm was brilliant and I love the fact that it got recognized by John Beatty, like media legend. Um, I'd say it's because of the questions and because Dr. Rachel Malcolm's awesome. Thank you. Uh, after the game, I said something about Dr. Rachel Malcolm. My dad was like, she's a doctor. I was like, not the person you want if you have a heart attack. But yes, she is very intelligent and very didn't, didn't your dad also have a slight confusion oh. about Lisa Thompson? So I go into the clubhouse. We come off air. I walk into Cardiff Athletic Club and my dad is like, goodness me goodness me that Scottish 12 what what a player what a what a phenomenal player I was like yeah she is Lisa Thompson so I've said her name at this point I'd kind of hope that he would have thought about what came next is she a Pacific Islander I said Lisa Thompson (laughs) and he went yeah she Tongan I said dad she's from Hoik she went to primary school with Hoggy like what is going through that man's head and it's not even like it's not even like Lisa's like tanned or anything. Like I just, it, it blew my mind. So I did tell Sarah Bonner that story. So I'm hoping that they've been calling her Lisa Vunapola in training. <laughs> but yeah, or Tuolangi, Lisa Tuolangi. Um, but she was amazing. And, and I think that was the measure of Scotland was their disappointment at full time because there were some incredible performances and it was an incredibly disrupted team because of illness in camp. Chloe Rolly obviously had COVID and I think they'd had lots of issues with positive tests and stuff in the week. It is one nil to Wales in Wales, Scotland, 2022. These two teams will face each other at the world cup come September. And that fixture is now lip lickingly good because there are scores to settle and yeah, very exciting. And actually, just look, last thing on Scotland with the, you know, with the challenges that they had in the week, I think it forced their hand in selection. But I also think that was a massive thing. I think all playing at 13 had a really good game. First cap, she looked strong. She looked very fast. She's obviously a sevens player. Um, and then also with Campbell, who was on the bench last week, came on and did a really good job on the wing and then um, played at fullback. And again, I thought she had a really good game. Um, and I think one thing with Scotland is that you know, what's been super impressive with them is they're grinding out, you know, they ground out that win um, against Ireland um, and the girls that have been across in sevens have clearly brought their, the time that they've had to be able to be full-time rugby players from the sevens, their skill set back into 15s. And I love that. But there is the slight concern that when a couple of them are missing or one of them, there's not that player in to step in. And actually having both Orr and Campbell there going in and doing a brilliant job, it shows that actually, one, it pushes the the girls that are in that starting shirt at the moment to say, you've got to keep pushing because I'm right on your heels. But also with the World Cup, where some of the nations are going to fall down is they've got maybe 18 players that they will rely on in a squad and they won't see those substitutions where it's impossible you can't keep playing by the we've already said the latter stages of the tournament you have to rotate um but i think the biggest thing with the the scotland wales game is that who else is in their pool they've got new zealand and, and australia. australia and actually and but, this week australia will be playing two test matches in australia this year obviously they've had very little rugby and really good progress from the aru to give them some home games because they didn't play a home test match between 2009 and 2017 <laughs> it doesn't surprise me but yet i've come they came fourth in 
third or fourth, I think, in uh, 2010. Did they make a semi? They didn't quite make a semi, but nearly did. Pushed for a semi in 2014. Like, they've always been there or thereabouts. They've got brilliant rugby players. In fact, I do want to shout out about some Aussie. It's actually um, rugby league, but um, NRLW Instagram is my favourite rugby content at the moment. Right. And it's brilliant to see. I'm kind of fangirling some of the Australian sevens girls that are there. Um, so Emma Tonagato did the most redonkulous cover yeah. tackle. Um, and um, Ivani... Uh, Lite. Polite, always going to say, yeah. Um, Tiana Penatani, <laughs> she's playing. Like all of those girls that have been rock stars in sevens are now playing. Yeah. And there's brilliant rugby, like some fantastic rugby, whether it's big smash tackles. So definitely recommend that one. But um, why was I talking about that? So why was I talking about that? It's because now there's an opportunity for quarterfinals. Yeah. And that means that potentially Wales or Scotland could make a quarterfinal and how exciting is that to say and I I think I said it last week about flat Claire Flowers saying that she got you know I she would never get the chance to say she's played in the World Cup final I just think that that makes that fixture even more spicy and I also both teams think that I think knockout rugby anything can happen you get yourself into that position and who's saying that there can't be a giant killing at that point so yeah it's I think that that added dimension obviously the next world cup beyond this one we will go to 16 teams which by that point wow just i can't even conceptualize how amazing the women's world cup is going to be when we've got 16 teams and there are now potentially in england and potentially at a full twickenham like stop don't tease me but yeah it's um it's really exciting the quarterfinal stage i know we talk about it on a weekly basis on this podcast at the moment but don't underestimate how big that is for women's rugby this year. Nolly, we've got five minutes left of this podcast and we haven't talked about France yet. So France Island, uh, talk to me. I thought this was really interesting. It wasn't something that really kind of occurred to me, but you thought tactically some of their decision-making was perhaps looking ahead to England in round five and La Crunch. <laughs> La Crunch, I should say. Um, well, no, because maybe crunch is a masculine word so it might be le yeah but i was making it la because it's women le crunche no that's uh italian <laughs> another word we Sorry, i'm just so on. fluent all of these languages that i speak fluently i get really confused what do i think about france um yeah so early on they got a penalty and duran kicked the points um and i think there was a couple of times where they got penalties and they went for posts rather than kicking for the line out which you'd often see england do most teams would just do it because they might scotland and wales they kick for the line didn't take the points when their kickers can make those kicks you obviously see a different um <clears throat> different range from the kickers um yeah. in the women's game so anywhere on the men's game around that kind of 40 meter mark kickers will step up and say yeah no problem um obviously last week we saw oh no this week we saw Kira Bevan I think knocked one over from the from the five meter line which was amazing so you do see it but I just think that with Druan doing that some people might say oh it's respect to Ireland possibly I personally think it's because their coach has said you need to be kicking these and you need to be kicking them under pressure and because this is how we're going to 
this is how we're going to beat England. This is how we're going to keep the scoreboard ticking over. And does that speak to what you kind of talked about with Scotland in terms of if you put a game out of reach, you force a team to chase it? Yeah, and England aren't used to going behind. That's yeah. not something that the Red Roses ever really have to deal with. And when we've lost against France, that's what's happened. Yeah. They've taken the game away from us. And then in the Europeans, I was actually talking with her at the weekend, she talked about Lydia Thompson played a Europeans when I got my 50th cap in that it, well, I got my 50th cap against Spain but then we played a final against France and they just kept they knocked over three drop goals and we've never and then they also got a penalty and we were like how are they 12 nil you don't have like, to do what? that <laughs> yeah what like stop it it was so annoying we were like stop doing that stop it we could like we don't know anyway Lydia ended up we scored and then Lydia scored an absolute worldie like just snaked away through and scored and won and it was like French like the French couldn't hate us anymore like yeah. how how do you do this um but yeah I think it's interesting and and looking at the reports um from the under 20s game the weekend the French beat the England under 20s um I think it was 32 30 or something like that England got five tries to France's four but France kicked their goals and kicked penalties I'm not quite sure of the breakdown of it but it was kicking that won them the game and I think that you know Drew Am I still even though I hyped her up at the start of this tournament I don't think we've seen the best of her yet yeah um that said, there was a photograph of her next to Sansu and you realise just how big she is and how little, how piccolo. <laughs> but we've got, to, do you know what? You, we've got to pick up on Sansu because you rave about her on a weekly basis and actually there's a chink in her armour you've now discovered. Yeah, so, I mean, she, her running game was amazing and she scored two tries and like got player of the match. Like She was brilliant. But interestingly, France used her to, her box kicks to clear. And I don't, it's because, you know, obviously she's, small and not got potentially the power or the levers but her box kick clearing wise isn't that good yeah um like distance and like just power so whether that's up in the air or across her tactical kicking where she dinks it over is great and sometimes it doesn't come off but that side of her game is brilliant but yeah it was an interesting choice for me because Duran does have such a big kick and I think just looking at the French fly half situation with Bourdon who normally challenges for the nine spot with with Sansu but also covers tan with her being injured from a kitchen injury not as bad as mine what um and um Tr Jesse Tremulier coming on um at, 10. at fly half who normally obviously plays fullback um yeah I do find it a bit it's such a strange one because then in commentary um I think who I'm not sure who it was that was talking about it said oh she was player of the decade and I find it a bit strange because obviously I was fullback of the decade so it's like this weird one that we're kind of sharing <laughs> yeah oh that's the timer right quickly have a word on Ireland um are they going to win a game this tournament you know what when they kept the ball um their try was about 43 phases from the halfway line and they looked really damaging Eve Higgins had an outstanding game and looks to like she's really coming into her own in 15s which is brilliant not ideal she's disappearing off to sevens again soon but she played really well um and uh and I also just love the fact that she hasn't bowed down to the uh the bottle of tan that they use um across the bottle team she doesn't even bow down to a scrunchie <laughs> low pony and pale skin for life and that is why we love you Eve Higgins yeah absolute respect um 
I would say that Dorothy Wall, great player, big ball carrier. She's like a backwards balayage. Um, I don't understand, like, I, I, I mean, maybe it's because I was in Eve Higgins' camp. I mean, by the end of it, I, after rooming with Fleete for quite a while, I did start, I didn't go full fake tan. I did put a little tinted moisturiser on my right, legs. Okay. Um, I think, I personally think, I used to blame it was the fact that I wore white shorts that right, made okay. me pale okay. and a white shirt, but maybe it was just because I was pale and slightly ginger. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what from Ireland's perspective, one thing I would say, um, brilliant that um, McWilliams listened to the pod as well, the head coach, yeah. their, um, their mall defence was really good. So I and France kept doing catch and drives and Ireland kept repelling them all. It was like, oh, brilliant. Well done. Um, I just there's still a couple of players. I don't I just can't get my head around why Clean Maloney's not involved. And by all accounts, I haven't spoken to her yet, but by all accounts, it's on her form. I mean, what form playing really, really well in Premier 15s yeah. against all of the England girls? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, how can you not pick someone like that? Um, when all right the girls there are good and they look like they you know they're they're young the starting hooker is a young player she's got decent you know decent skill set she is not Kalina Maloney who is only and and I was thinking oh maybe it's because of her age maybe they're looking at the next cycle blah 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 Kalina's only 28 yeah like I I just I don't understand. And I think it's a shame for whatever reason she's out of favour. And I hope that McGreg M McWilliams listen, uh, listens, listens <laughs> to the podcast, number one, which I know he does, because obviously yeah, they did their more defence, but also really does watch the, the Premier 15s and sees what she's doing over there because she's a huge loss. And I think the way that just around the park, the physicality, I've played against her and she's horrible mostly the time played with her at wasps which was a joy but right fanzo this weekend three matches three predictions nolly talk to me england wales um england are gonna win it and i think it will be a wonderful crowd there's eleven and a half thousand tickets sold which i just absolutely so yeah um little story about um King's Zone. I know we haven't got loads of time, but one of my best memories for rugby, and it makes me a little bit emotional talking about it, was after the World Cup, we did a bit of a World Cup tour and we took the cup to different stadiums. And I was really lucky because I went to, um, it was when uh, Ashton Gate was just first being built and I was a Bristol player at the time. So the Bristol girls, there was six, five or six of us, we took um, the cup down to Ashton Gate. That was amazing. But because I lived in Gloucester, I was class, obviously Gloucestershire sports personality of the year. Another story about that. Um, I went to the to King's Zone. And so we were at halftime. We got the, we went onto pitch side, we did a bit of an interview, and then we walked the cup around the, the ground. And I know it's obviously a controversial song now, but the shed sang Swing Low. Yeah. And honestly, even now, just thinking about it, it was unbelievable. So the noise that that lot are going to make for those England girls is going to be brilliant. And I just can't wait. And I, yeah, I don't know. You know I, what? I just... It's really special because there are a number of those Wales girls who are Gloucester players as well. And yeah, it's really exciting. Obviously I did the Nick and Mo show on Monday. I really hope that Mo's in the match day 23 because she talked about how she's missed out on games at King's home this season and a Gloucester girl, a, you know, Gloucester player. On a 4G. <laughs> oh, no. yeah so it's one of those things where I think it's going to be a huge game but you still haven't actually given me a fanzo prediction 
well England by uh, by quite a lot okay I think um, it'll away because of the bench I think the bench will do it for England just because of yeah Scotland France um I think France but I don't think they will potentially demolish Scotland as much as people think I think this Scotland's set piece is good it held up against England and I think that that's where France have got their edge over most teams I think with Scotland um what is going to be hard is the girls going off the bounce of those that yeah. sunburn um can they get enough after sun on um, minutes play basically minutes played at Cardiff Arms Park is a lot and to have to travel are they traveling to France no it's, it's in Scotland oh it's in Scotland um yeah, I think it's that's a massive one, but they've all had to go back to work this week. So have they had the ability to rest, recover, recuperate? Um, because their their game against Wales would have been harder for them than the France game had against France had against Ireland. Um, shout out to CB, my new mate, Christine Belial, who has been um, listening to the same album as me all week. The Miley Cyrus Attention live album. I couldn't imagine something to get you up for a game more than that. So actually I might be backing Scotland to spring a surprise. Uh, the final game of the weekend is uncallable as far as I'm concerned. Ireland, Italy. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I want to see the squads. Um, I think Italy changing selection against Ireland, uh, against England didn't work. Um, interestingly, for those that don't know or don't know the necessary recent history, Italy went on to win the World Cup qualifiers, got the automatic spot. But the one game they lost, and they lost quite comfortably, was to Ireland. Yeah. That said, very, very different Irish side. Um, you know, you've got five very senior players not playing now, or yeah. not two of them not being selected. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Italy, but... I also think Ireland, I think it will be close. Um, but I just feel like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to wait for the selection. <laughs> um, one thing I just want to end the pod on. So I mentioned last week that my family were coming to the game. And it was my mum's first women's international. Oh, do they have fun? They loved it. But it's really interesting for me to show or to kind of see how people's awareness of the women's game is growing on a weekly basis at the moment. And that was typified by not my mum coming to the game, but on Sunday when I went around to my parents' house, my mum, who is all in, she's fully engaged with this now. She is a women's rugby fan. And she had to tell me that when they'd been listening to Michael Ball on Radio 2, you've already mentioned the under-20s game, but Grace Compton had played for England. Grace is uh, Michael Ball's granddaughter. And my mum was like, oh, Michael mentioned Grace and I was like mum's never met Grace Compton never seen Grace Compton play but she knows that she's played on the sevens when I've covered it and it was just it was really special and it really showed me that women's rugby is growing and people are aware of it and people are talking about it do you think that that's why your mum is absolutely smashing fans out at the moment oh yeah she is ninth in the tryhards and don't we know it because she tells us every day but how cool is that, though, that she's feeling engaged? Is that because, I mean, she's obviously got a link through having the biggest try-hard daughter, but is it because, as a woman, she can relate to the girls a little bit more, um, you know, as a mum? I um, think it's probably more because they've been giving her custom and she's already made a couple of memory quilts for... <laughs> so, girls, you keep them coming, she'll keep coming to the games. Ah, oh, well, everybody have a lovely week. I'll be uh, 
I'll be at the England team run on Friday with TikTok. Oh, so, stop it. Don't tease so us. See you soon, tryhards. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 